0: Let's get to some of your Carlos Correa emails. Uh, TheRicoB at gmail.com. I apologize if I have not written back to some of these emails. I'm sorry. I got one guy very upset with me because he was asking me a question about politics. And I never wrote him back. I'm sorry. I, pro- I at some point, I'm going to get to I'm just going to go back and just respond to emails. I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't mean to. All right. Let's go to uh, Willie Rifkin. Willis, Willis Rifkin. In reality. I was always pretty mad on Carlos Correa. Heck, if we're going to spend $300 million on a shortstop to play third base, I want to trade Turner. By the way, Hoffman's like, yeah, I agree. Damn Um, right. He's right, damn it. If we never went near Correa, all good. No one would have said a bad word about us. But the way we went into it now makes us look really, really stupid. Real LOL, same old Mets stuff. It was a tease, and the cherry on top is the reality that there's not much we can do with what Philly's done this offseason. The 2022 team collapsed and choked. Going into the offseason, we all said we need to keep or replace DeGrom, Nimo, and Diaz, but we also needed to add something new and dynamic to this lineup so we aren't just rolling out the same group that choked, and we didn't do that, which is why, no – it's not the same only Pond Mets, of course, but in a lot of ways, we can have nice things, and more so, it's another good, but we didn't do enough offseason. That's the Correa rant, as he called it, from Willis Rifkin. There's a lot there, and I understand the disappointment of thinking the guy was on our team and not getting him. Uh, the Trey Turner thing. Let's start there, because Pete loves Trey Turner. You will want a Trey Turner. They didn't go after Trey Turner. I don't think, Pete, Trey Turner was ever coming here and playing third base. Do you think he was?
1: I agree. I wish, but no. Okay.
0: I had mentioned the idea of him playing center field. That was to replace Brandon Nimmo. That was the idea I had at the beginning of this offseason. Obviously, they didn't replace Brandon Nimmo. They kept him. The thing I never understood, and I've briefly talked about this, was when I think the athletic wrote the story about Aaron Judge's pursuit and free agency and how he stayed with the Yankees and almost went to the Giants. The the thing about the Mets always bothered me, where the Mets met with Judge's agent and said, "Hey, you know, we're focused on pitching. That's our priority. If when we're done with that, we'd love to talk to you. We'll circle back." Now they knew Judge wasn't going to wait around. He didn't. He ends up resigning with the Yankees. I don't understand the Mets approach of. Let's focus on pitching, and then we'll get to the offense. That doesn't make any sense to me if you were going to swim in the big pool and go after a guy like Correa. Because if you were willing to go after Correa, then you're willing to go after everybody. You're willing to pay him 12 years, three fifty five. So if you're willing to do that, then you would be willing to go after Turner. You'd be willing to go after Bogarts, obviously with their willingness to switch positions. You'd be willing to even go after Judge, even though that was never going to happen. I don't like the idea, and it kind of bothers me, that the Mets said, okay, let's do pitching, then we'll get to the offense. And by the time they did that, they were all gone. By the time they circled back and got to the offense, the only elite-level player left was Carlos Correa. So while I agree, Pete, Turner was probably not moving to third base, how the hell would we know? I don't even know if the Mets ever asked him.
1: Uh, they never asked him about center field, third base, second base. They never asked him anything, and that that is a problem. And a, a lot of people were criticizing the, the Mets for not – really talking to judge enough too. overall you should be able to to multitask i think i mean you're a big league organization so i i i agree i'm an offensive minded guy that's disappointing and to the emailer as well i will agree with him it does feel like they did a lot I, i will say the mets did a hell of a lot because they had to but it does feel like they didn't do enough to get over that Pump.
0: Yeah, I I always thought that the way the Mets were going to improve offensively was going to happen with their young guys making a big impact next year. Brett Beatty, Francisco Alvarez, maybe Ronnie Mauricio and Mark Like That's how I thought this offense was going to add the dynamo. I mean, the Atlanta Braves added Michael Harris from AA in the middle of May. And I know I've said that a lot, and it's not exciting, and it's sort of boring, but the great teams become great because they develop their own guys, like you want to add free agents. Don't get me wrong; the Phillies have certainly done it, the Mets have done it, but it has to coincide with your own guys developing. And that's how but, I thought the Mets offense was going to get better
1: through that. Yeah, and and I I agree, and I think that's the the, the out like the long term goal is for that. But if you also look at the Braves last year, it wasn't like Harris was called up from day one. It was like yeah, I in right, got an injury. Yeah, but it was right, but there was an injury. So it's like, okay, well, let's let's bring him up. He's do he's killing it in the in the minors and we had the injury, so let's bring him up. Like the Mets' goal now is let's start fresh the season with the young guys up. And I'm like, well, now is the time you could have bulked up in case of an injury, then you move the, the younger guys up. Like you could I get be it. flexible.
0: I get it, but when when I hear are the Mets better, like that's always a common question. First of all, I'd say in the regular season, for the sake of this discussion, we're talking about the regular season, the playoffs, we know the deal, to a freaking crapshoot. I don't know how they're going to play in October. They could win 110 games and suck in October. They can win 85 games and get hot in October. I have no idea. But in terms of the regular season, if they repeat what they did last year and win 101 games, I'd be freaking thrilled. I'd be thrilled. I'd sign for 101 wins right now. I'd sign for 95 wins right now. So this idea of did they get better? they don't have to get better in terms of what they did in the regular season. They have to get better in terms of not choking in the playoffs or choking in the regular season at the wrong time. So whenever I hear that, I'm always like, well, just be as good. Just just win as many games as you won last year, and I think most of us should be pretty happy. That's how I view it. Uh, Howie and Flushing, Evan and Pete. I'm okay with the Mets not signing Correa in Steve We Trust. This is not the Wilpon era, and Steve Cohen will get things done and make the necessary changes in due time. I'm more pissed at the press with all their speculative yet bold headlines saying the Mets and Correa will definitely happen. I'll say one thing. The Mets sold a lot of tickets when they announced the Correa news two weeks ago. I understand if fans are pissed. Okay, so a couple things about this. I'm sure they sold tickets, but I I don't know how to say this. You know what? I'm not good to say this because I'm a sucker. I go to every Met game anyway. I want to go to Met games every year, no matter what they do during the offseason. But was was the rumor of Correa? Because the Mets never had a press conference. So the Mets didn't announce anything. Cohen announced it, which was a huge mistake. Did that really Pete sell a lot of
1: tickets? I I think it did, actually. I think there was like a – I forgot who had it. But I don't know the numbers, so I'm not going to go over the top. But there was definitely a lot of purchases as soon as I found out that Correa was quote-unquote coming to the Mets. I think yeah. that was a buzz there. And yeah, it, it is, sucks. dude.
0: It sucks. I, I listen. I can't defend that. That sucks. It sucks. You're a fan. You think they signed Correa. That inspires you to buy a package or a few more games. It sucks. I, I should say go wait for the uh, physical. But who the hell does that? You hear a rumor, or you, hear, excuse me, you hear a deal is made. You just assume the deal's made. You're not assuming it's going to fall apart. So that sucks. I do feel bad for any fan that did that.
1: Yeah. Listen. I'm not. I. I I'd openly admit I go to a lot of games, but I don't have a package. I was considering trying to find a way to look into it, like a like a weekday package or something like that, because I'm like, well, you know, why not? Right? Is it preventing me? I know that if Carlos Correa was there, I'd still, I that would definitely do it. You know, wow. it, it,
0: yeah, they won 101 games last year. They had an off season that you're sort of good with, and you would not go to games. But if
1: Carlos Correa is there, all right, I'm in. I, I'm more inclined to find a way to get a pack. Listen, here's a problem though, right? You and I are completely different as far as just our positions in life and like kids. Like I have kids that are older, so I have to go We'd do a lot of baseball-heavy stuff. So I can't really go to a lot of games. I try to find it when I can. I would go above and beyond to find a way to get to more games with my family. I really would. I respect that. Yeah. It, it, it's and, and because you want to see something special, and that's how I feel that – Again, Carlos Correa is not bringing a championship to Minnesota the Twins. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, Minnesota, he, you're not winning a World Series with him. He's not going to win you a World Series. What I will say is he could have done that with the Mets. <laughs> Don't do this.
0: Don't do this whole... All right, loser. Go enjoy the cold weather of Mid- Minnesota. You had a enjoy, chance
1: here. Enjoy those long sleeves <laughs> in, in in July.
0: <laughs> all right. Pete did it for you. As far as the, the way this was covered, I it sucks because Scott Boris and Steve Cohen or the Mets have reasons to eventually leak things out. And when they leak things out, we want to know what's going on. We all click on the John Heyman articles. If you are not blocked by Andy Martino, you click on the Andy Martino article. So people want information. So we want information, but then we get annoyed when the information turns out to be wrong and the information isn't wrong. Guys leak things for a reason. Like, there's a reason why Scott Boris puts certain things out there. There's a reason why the Mets put things out there. And so what I appreciate about Jeff Passan, of all people, is that Jeff Passan, look at his Twitter account. He didn't tweet rumors. He doesn't. He tweets, this is done. Like, he never tweeted about this Correa thing until it was done. So... I get being annoyed when you know you think Carlos Baerga is telling you something or Jim Bowden tells you something or Steve Phillips tells you something or even John Heyman says, I think he'll be a Met, and he's wrong. He's wrong because he's hearing it from people who are leaking out information for selfish reasons, for reasons that they think are going to help them. So I was frustrated, too. I'm like you guys. I'm on Twitter. I want the information. I want to know what's going on. But at the end of the day, that information is only out there for a reason. Teams and agents and
1: players are putting it out there for a reason. So, well, that's something that kind of bothers me a little bit too, because you are, we're in the business. We know some of these guys. I respect a lot of these guys. I know people need to get their their information out there, and they want to, you know, get clicks and all of those other stuff. So when I was hearing rumors before there was any buzz on social media and then the social media buzz started going that it's almost a done deal for the Mets. And I'm like, okay, I guess the buzz is right. And then within like minutes, you see Ken Rosenthal, like 40 minutes, Ken Rosenthal puts out an article. I'm like, is he just getting clicks? Is he just trying for something? Like and again, I respect Ken Rosenthal a bit because he's been wrong. Sometimes and pisses you off, right. but I, I, I I respect the business. So I'm like sitting there going, and go, I'm torn. I'm like, I know what's going on right now. There's definitely – and maybe the Mets really were really close to doing something, and they had to put that out there. They had to push, and maybe they were looking – for a last minute thing with the Twins that came in last minute. Who who really knows? I I don't really know how it fell through, but that's what bothers me. It does bother me a
0: bit. No, the whole thing sucks. I mean, we want information, but then we get annoyed when the information doesn't turn out to be either the information we want or the information that ends up ruling the day. What I mean by that is I don't believe reporters make up stories. I mean, some do, but in general, I don't think these baseball reporters are making up stories. What they're doing is, and this is why being a reporter is tough, they're giving you what some source told them. And that source may be giving them information for a reason because they're negotiating. So that's what sucks. Like when someone gives you information, this is why I'd be a terrible beat reporter. My first response would be why why are you telling me this? Like what's your motivation behind telling me this? Are you negotiating with someone? Am I just a pawn in your stupid game? And that's what a lot of this is like. John Heyman, and this is well-known, John Heyman is a pawn for Scott Boris. It's been going on forever. Scott Boris feeds information to John Heyman. So Boris is doing it for a reason, not because he's a nice guy, not because he likes John and wants to give a scoop, but because he's going to put the information out there that he wants out there. So I admit I'm a hypocrite. I know this, yet I still want the information, right? I still want to see what John Heyman is tweeting because I want to know what the hell is going to happen. And what we found out is we didn't get what we wanted. I wanted to read a report that said they've worked it out. The Mets have their protections and it's good to go. And we ultimately didn't get what we wanted. So we could either cry about it. We could either bitch about it. We could either attack Carlos Correa. We could either attack Yankee fans or we can just move on. And I plan on the very next Rico Bronia that we'll record over the weekend into Monday, we will move on. We will forget that Carlos Correa ever existed because quite frankly, in the annals of med history, he means nothing. He didn't cheat against us. He didn't beat us in the ALCS. We barely play him. The twins are irrelevant. They're not coming to City Field this year. We're going to there. And so Carlos Correa can continue to be a pimple in Yankee history and now become irrelevant in our history. Okay? That's the bottom line. We appreciate you listening. You can email the pod, and I promise I will do a better job of trying to write people back at the b at gmail.com, the b at gmail.com. And we'll have another Rico Ricobroney. We always give it to you twice a week. We'll give you another one coming up this weekend. We appreciate you listening. Check out Pete with Tiki and Tierney, where he fights off those Yankee fans and me with Craig, where I fight off that Yankee fan. Thank you for listening to Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.